Okay, today we have a double dedication, but both of them are quick. The first one is Anonymous, so that's taken care of. Thank you, Mr. Anonymous, we love you very much. I know who it is, it's someone we're really close to, who does a tremendous amount of work in Chesed, and really fantastic projects for the community, and many times relatively anonymously, so thank you to him. And the second one is dedicated from Grandma Lily, I'm not supposed to say the last name, Grandma Lily, someone's Grandma Lily, we are related actually, wishing good health and prosperity and the right one at the right time for her 11 grandchildren and three great-grandchildren and all the blessings from Hashem. So thank you, Grandma Lily. It's not my grandma, like I said. And Vizat Hashem HaPirachot, her children and grandchildren should always come true. She lost her husband a few years ago. It was a man that I grew up admiring and appreciating and felt very close to. And Vizat Hashem, she should see only Biracha from her children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And inshallah, she should see many, many great-great-grandchildren in her lifetime, amen. Okay, here we go. Here's my question for today. Which age group do you think is the hardest age group to be in? 10-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 50, 70, 90, 100, what? 16? Okay, that's an interesting answer. So I don't know the answer to which age group is the hardest. But what I do think I know the answer to is which age group is the most overwhelmed. And I think the answer to that is those people in the middle age, 40, 50 years old, I think those people are the most overwhelmed. And so we're gonna talk about today are those people. Either you're one of them, maybe even if you're in your 30s or high 30s, you, this applies to you, or your parents are one of them, or your children are one of them. And even if you're not related to any people in that age group, which I'm not sure how it's possible, I still think that a lot of the lessons we're gonna to learn today really relate to all of us. So our parasha is parasha Vayetzeh. Vayetzeh Yaakov Be'er Shava, Yaakov leaves Be'er Shava and he goes to Haran and he stops at this place and he sleeps there and Rashid tells us he put stones around his head He put stones around his head, and then he went to sleep on those stones, and he slept in that place, and he had a dream. And that is, is, what's it, what was in his dream? There was a ladder with angels going up and down. And Hashem was standing on top of the ladder, and Hashem spoke to him. So we have a number of questions on this. But I'm going to take each question based on why are the top five reasons why I think it's most overwhelming to be in this age and an attitude or mindset shift to help you with it. The first reason is this, the most obvious, is that you are a sandwich. Why are you a sandwich? Because you have a lot going on around you. You have parents, hopefully. You have children, different kinds of children. And so you are, in many ways, overwhelmed. In this dream that Yaakov Avinu has, he sees a ladder. What does he see on the ladder? Angels going up and down. And every commentary looks for an explanation of why is he seeing a ladder and why is he seeing angels going up and down. And I think the answer is this, that a ladder, you know, what's the easiest part of the ladder? Either the beginning. 
or the end. The beginning because you're just getting started, you're excited. Or the end because you're already done. But the middle of the ladder is difficult because you feel like you've been on this ladder forever and you don't feel like you could see the end or sort of the goal or the finish line in sight. And I think what Hashem was telling Yaakov Abinu is the ladder is life is the same way. Is that life is a ladder. Every year, every day, you're climbing. And you're going from stage to stage to stage in your life. And like I said, the middle of the ladder is probably the most difficult. And like because you are that sandwich. And Yaakov Avinu was that person. Because you see, Yaakov Avinu was the one who had his father and his grandfather were the Avot. And his children were the Jewish nation. He was the sandwich generation. He was caught in between being a forefather and being the father of the Jewish people that would go down to Egypt. So Hashem was sending him a message that life like a ladder, the most difficult part of the ladder, is a part of the ladder that you're on. And the truth is that when you think about your life, for many people in this age group, you're thinking about your parents, both of them. If you have both, inshallah, you do. You're thinking about your single children. You're thinking about maybe you have some married children. Maybe you have a child who needs to get married and you're putting all those in your head at once. It's hard. And maybe that's why the angels are olim v'yoradim. What's olim? The angels that are going up, that there's angels sort of above you. V'yoradim and there's angels that are going down. There's generations that are beneath you. And everybody is counting on you. And everybody's looking to you. And you could have, when you're 40 years old, you could have a normal day or 45 years old. A normal day could be that I'm going to make sure I, I take my little kids to school. Then I have my married daughter left her kids here because she decided to go to Nizuk for three days. <laughs> while I have to take my mother to the doctor for a checkup. This is all happening today. Okay? Or take my mother to this class. Take my mother to a checkup. Then I have to go make sure that my daughter has the right outfits because she has to start dating. And then I have to deal with the other. It's a lot. And all these people, now also as your kids are, your parents are getting older, they start to lean on you more. And when you were 20 and 30, you were leaning completely on them. And all of a sudden you're 40 and 50, and they are starting to dramatically lean on you. And you're not used to this. And all of a sudden, you tell your parents what to do sometimes. And you're like, Ma, you're not doing that. You're not going. Ma, it's too cold. You don't have to go to the wedding. You're staying home. And your mother's like, what? You're telling Is this for real? I felt sorry. Now the children that become your boss. That's exactly what I just said. I said it a little nicer than that. But that's what we just said. Your children become your boss. And at the same time, all of a sudden, you have these new son-in-laws in your house, and you're trying to adjust to these people, and their weird habits, and their times that they come home from shul, and how they talk to your daughter, and the things they want to come to and not come to, and at the same time, you're trying to get your next daughter married off to another one of these people. <laughs> it's all at the same time, while you're still doing homework with your younger kid. You're like, I'm one person. How can I do all of this at once? So I am right. I am right that this middle sandwich age has a lot going on. 
and a lot on your mind. So here's what Hashem did when he was talking to Yaakov on the ladder. The Pasuk says, Adonai alav. Hashem was standing on top of that ladder. When you're in the ladder, the beginning steps seem easy. The end steps, inshallah, they happen at 120. Somewhat also seem easy. <coughs> in some regards, excuse my cough. I went to Fariwa, I tested everything. <laughs> no corona, do not worry, okay? Okay. But Hashem is standing during the most difficult stages of your ladder, of your climb. Hashem is standing atop the ladder and He's guiding every stage. So when you're in the middle and you're like, all these people are totally depending on me, you just look up to the top of the ladder and you see Hashem standing right there. Here's the second challenge. I'm going to give you a total of five. The second challenge is that what happens, I don't know if, if this is more for men than women, I don't know. But what happens in this middle stage is people start to think a little bit about who they are, what they're doing on this earth, what their purpose is, and what their legacy is. Because really that's something you could think you should be thinking about when you're 20 years old. But a lot of people are in too much of a rush at 20 years old and too excited about too many things to think really deeply about what their life is about. And many times when people get older, they come to terms with who they are and what they accomplish on this earth. But in those middle stages, it's on people's minds a lot. And you'll have, you'll see men that are over-consumed with something. And you're like, why are they so obsessed? They're so obsessed because they're thinking about who they are and the legacy they want to leave. And they're all of a sudden deciding, should I stay in this business? Should I start my own business? Should I do something else? Should I be working with someone else? Is this the project? Is this the income? Is this what I want to be doing? And all of a sudden you find them and they're thinking and worried because they can't do it when they're 70. So they start thinking about who am I, what am I accomplishing, and they start thinking about it right now. The Basuk says, and I think this is important for anyone going through that thought process, but yet say Yaakov, Yaakov left. And then it tells us he went to Haran. So Rashi, another one of the more famous ones, asks, why do you have to say he left and then he went? What's the point of he left and he went? Says Rashi, but yet say Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu left. Hasuk is telling us that when a tzaddik leaves the city, when a tzaddik leaves, panaziva, panahoda, panaziva, panahadara. When a tzaddik leaves the city, his glory and his his vibe and all of that leaves. So the commentaries ask, why did you just pick Yaakov Avinu to say that about? Say that about Abraham. Say that about Yitzchak. Why are you emphasizing this about Yaakov Avinu? And why at this stage of his life? And the commentaries say this. Abraham Avinu clearly accomplished a lot. Abraham Avinu made many, many people recognize Hashem and convert to Judaism. Yitzchak Avinu, the Pasuk implies, also did the same. Yitzchak also converted and had many, many people recognize Hashem. Yaakov Avinu, at this stage of his life, if you were an outsider, you would think he didn't do anything. He was just Yaakov, he was young boy, not young, he was an older single man. He didn't look like, 
He had accomplished much. He was Ishtam Yosheh Wahalim. He had gotten the blessings and now he's running away from home. Wasn't married yet. Had no children yet. Had no, so to speak, plans yet. So here's Yaakov Avinu leaving. I might have thought that when Abraham leaves, it makes a difference. When Yaakov, when Yitzchak leaves, it makes a difference. But when Yaakov leaves, it doesn't make that much of a difference. The Pasuk here is telling you, even Yaakov, who didn't look like he did much yet, even when he leaves, he does, and it makes a big difference to the place he was in. I think a lot of times people question at this age their accomplishment, their impact, who they are. And it's important to realize it just doesn't have to make a ton of noise in order for it to have made a ton of impact. It doesn't have to be something, you don't have to be, have made billions of dollars in order to have been a success. You don't have to have 14 glorious kids in order to have made a special mark on a family. You don't have to be involved in everything in the community in order to have been a person that has a wonderful legacy within the community. You don't have to be Abraham and Yitzchak in order to have made an important impact. I once read this story about Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin, when he was young, he was, he was, step, he was, he had just, he was 19 years old, he had finally had a new suit, and he had a little money in his pocket, and he came back to his hometown so proud of himself. And he tells this story, he says, I was 19, and I'm walking down a few steps, and I'm showing everyone the money I made, not much, but just the money he made, he was so excited. And he was walking with an older person, and the older person says, stoop, Ben, Ben, you got to stoop. And he didn't know what the man was talking about, and as he was walking steps, his head hit a bar. And the older man said to him, he says, what I'm telling you is it life advice. Bend your head. When you bend your head, you'll, boy, you'll avoid a lot of bars being hit. You think you're a big deal because you're 19 and you have a new suit? Relax and take it easy. You don't have to be a big deal in order to have been a big deal. And I think when you are middle-aged, and I don't know if it's men who have these thoughts more than women or women more than men, many times you're married to someone who's thinking these things. I gotta do, I gotta change, I gotta do, and he's on he's online and on doing emails at 10:30 at night as a nervous Nelly thinking that he's like a hamster on a wheel trying to make his mark. You gotta calm him down and say, Yaakov Avinu did great things even before he did great things. Yaakov Avinu had left his Yivais, Hadara, his glory, his all the beauty in the city he left even before the whole world knew what he was set out to accomplish. The third challenge that comes with this middle age is very often you're, you're older and you have all these kids and so on. You still have one kid who's young. And now at the same time, that young kid is making a little bit of noise. <laughs> and at the same time, that that you're raising, you have an older family, and then you have this little kid. And it becomes fairly challenging. I don't know if anyone's had this experience. I'll tell you mine. I have, mashallah, nine children. Anytime my oldest kids are over, they're like that. You basically just don't raise the youngest. Now, no one told me the youngest was actually going to be here today playing hooky from school, but he's here. Okay. And he's the guy with the ice cream last week that fell off. And my older daughter's like, Mazala, be dad, like, what's going on over here? We had bedtimes. 
We had foods we weren't able to eat. You ate candy only at certain times. No soda. You can't eat outside the kitchen. What happened here? How, do, how does this work? And every many families have this challenge that somehow the youngest gets different treatment. Am I saying something accurate or am I crazy? Good, okay, I'm not nuts. I'm not the only uh, derelict, whatever. And so you sometimes look at you, throw up your hands, and you're like, you know, I'm still sitting here doing Aleph bad homework when, when I, I, like, I feel like I've been there, done that, been there, done that, and been there, done that again. And really, really, when you think about it, in my own house, the way it was, I used to have rules about when the phone comes into the room, goes out, when they have to get up the phone. Like my oldest daughter, you know, she was house phone. And if I felt her phone call was going too long, I would pull the plug. <laughs> I can't believe I'm that guy. But I would. I was like, it's time to be off the phone. I, maybe I'd warn her once. If she didn't get off the phone, I'd pull the plug out of the wall. And then there was like, you can't have till you have a phone. And then once you have a phone, it has to go into your parents' room at a certain hour. There were crazy rules that went out in our house. Like we, we had some discipline. People actually did homework. People actually went to sleep. People ate healthy foods. And then the whole game stopped. And now I have a kid who's gonna have three ice creams in a night. Goes into the freezer, takes one. Goes to the freezer, takes another. And then an hour later, he's in the mood for a third. Sounds right? <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, it's like, how did this happen? Because you're raising your family, and then all of a sudden, you're kind of not as prepared. So what do you do? The Basuk says, Yaakov Avinu stopped in this place. So Rashi says, what do you mean he stopped? It almost made it sound like it was abrupt. So Rashi says, what actually happened is Yaakov Avinu passed the place. He went very past the place and then realized that this place that he just passed was the place where Abraham prayed and Yitzchak prayed. It was a holy place. So he said to himself, I need to turn back and go back home. Go back to that place to stop and to pray, which is what he would do. But if God he prayed there. And so the commentaries note that when there's Hashem, oh, and then Hashem made the path, as he was going back to that place, Hashem made it go very quickly. I don't know exactly what that means, but somehow he moved very quickly. So the commentaries note that Hashem made the path go very, very quickly only once he made a decision to turn back. Why is it only once he made a decision? And the answer is simple. That Hashem wants to first see you make your effort, and then he'll make it happen easy. You don't have a right I don't care how many children you have. I don't care if you have one, two, or 15. You don't have a right to ever say, I don't have to worry so much about this one. You may not be as equipped. You may not be as prepared. You may not have the same energy level, but you still have a requirement to focus on every single one. And I know, like I said, it may not be so natural, but you need to come up with something that you're going to try and do to make sure that every single kid is properly raised. To say, I raised four out of five, I did a pretty good job, is not how it works. <laughs> 80s on the test are not acceptable, neither are 90s. You need to try to get 100. So like I said, you may not be as equipped, you may not have the same focus, 
You may have, because I said you have all these different distractions. You're in the sandwich, so you're dropping someone off, picking someone up, calling a doctor. It may not be as easy, but the responsibility is just the same. And the reality is that if a person does this, very often their youngest child, in certain ways, can give them a tremendous amount of joy and nahat. And my proof to that is Yaakov Avinu. He had 12 sons, but the ones he couldn't part with were number 11 and number 12, was Yosef and Benjamin. And this happens in many families all the time, that that last kid is the one that takes care of you, or the last kid is the one that has the time, or the last kid is the one that's around when you need them the most. And it doesn't have to be the last kid, but in people's minds sometimes they think it's their oldest children that are everything, and the last ones, at least while they're raising them, are just the youngest one. And so I'll give you one little example of something I did in my house. Because I'm not so great at this, tell you the truth. I'm not so great at this. When my older kids were six and seven years old, I had more time and more energy and more focus. And I was more, you know, I think I'm going to make the perfect house. Mm -hmm. Now I realize it doesn't matter what you did anyhow. <laughs> so you just kind of start to give up. But one thing I did, and it's funny that he's in the room today. I don't know who brought him. <laughs> but is that we had this thing that I did with him that... I tell him the story of David HaMelech. And I'm doing it now for over two years. And it's not every night, because I'm busy, but I'll tell, go put him to bed. And when I go to his bed, sometimes he won't go to sleep until he hears my story. We already covered the whole David HaMelech and the whole Shalomah and all of the kings. We went back to Yahushua. Now we're in the middle of Shoftim. And so again, some weeks I may do it only one night out of seven. Other weeks I'll do it four nights out of seven. Some weeks I'll do it, you know, six out of seven. But all of a sudden, we started to create this little bond. That even I had the busiest day in the world, all of a sudden it'll be nine o'clock at night, which if he was my first kid, this would be 6.30 at night. <laughs> but it's nine o'clock at night, I'll hear, Daddy, Daddy, and everyone will be, Daddy, you just got to go upstairs because he won't go to sleep until you do David Hamel. And we call it David HaMelech, even though we're talking about Yeshua. So when you make that effort, you start to see a different result. So it's not okay to say, ah, it's my youngest, I'm not going to PTA. Ah, it's my youngest, I don't have to call the teacher. Ah, who cares the grades they get on their test? Ah, it doesn't matter what they eat. It doesn't matter what time they go to sleep. It doesn't matter if I go away four times in a row, I'll leave them by grandma, nobody cares. Those, that attitude is not okay. An effort is required. And you make an effort because you're experienced, because you're smarter, because you're a veteran, because you know what you're doing, that little effort can make a much bigger difference than you think. Challenge number four when you get to this middle age is you start to slow down a little bit and start to feel a little bit behind. Has anybody ever experienced this? I'll tell you when I realized it was happening to me, and tell me if these moments ever happened to you. When I went to a wedding and didn't care to dance, I was like, let those people do it. <laughs> I, I don't, this is okay. Say mabruk and leave. And then what happens is that you, who's that for? Oh, thank you. That's nice. Well, thank you very much. Amen. 
before you're walking out. I'm like, she never walks out. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So, did you ever have that moment? Or did you ever have a moment where it happened where some new technology came out and you didn't care? Whatever it is, knock yourself out. It doesn't matter to me. Did you ever have a moment where you watched a little kid do something with technology like they were born to do it and you don't even know what they're doing? How they do this? Yes, you ever have that happen? Or you'll hear younger people talk about something. It could be sports or a video game. And you're like, I once used to care about that, and I couldn't care less now. And all of a sudden, you start to realize that you're falling a little bit behind. And you're a little slower than you used to be. Am I describing something you've ever experienced or not? All of a sudden, you start to feel like you're a little slower than you used to be. So what happens now? Because you can't stop. You're not 100 years old. You still have to advance. And you still have to know a lot of things that are happening. And you still have to be on top of your game. You're still, if you're 40, 50, you're 60, 70, you still have to have a tremendous amount of energy. So what do you do? What you do is what Yaakov Avinu did when he stopped at this place. He stopped at this place and the Pasuk so Nashi says very famously that he put 12 rocks around his head. And there was a battle, the rocks. Why did he put the rocks around his head, says Rashi? To protect from the animals. Commentaries ask, are you really protecting from the animals? You put a few stones around your head. Your whole legs, arms, and body, everything is exposed. You don't think snakes and scorpions can even come through the rocks or an animal can jump over the rocks. Are you joking? Like you think you really did something? You didn't put yourself in a cage. You didn't put yourself in a jail. You didn't put yourself in, in, in a home. You just put a few stones around your head. The answer is you made an effort. And once you've made an effort, then Hashem, in, in His own miraculous way, is what makes the rest happen. And Hashem makes it happen. And the truth is, when you start to feel like, I don't know if I know all the technology I need to. And I'm not sure I know how to market the way I used to. And I'm not sure if I know all the things that people are involved in today the way I once did. You have to put in the effort to do so. Because you know what? You have enough experience to know that when you put in effort, Hashem delivers results. So you don't have to know everything and be on top of everything and have the energy for everything in order to accomplish a tremendous amount of things. Because if you put in the effort and you make the try and you do what you need to, Hashem can dictate the results. And the truth is, sometimes slowing down is an opportunity. We kind of mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when we spoke about the stages of life. Slowing down is an opportunity because you have less distractions, less things to worry about. You ever see teenagers, they have some phrase, that teenagers are worried about their imaginary audience. Eight, you ever see a 16-year-old leave the house and they're looking at their hair for, two, for 20 minutes like anybody cares, like anybody's watching, and they're all obsessed with these things. And when you start to get older and you don't care as much, now you have an opportunity to be able to do more significant things. Because you don't care maybe as much about sports and as much about fantasy. And you don't care as much about nonsense and every minute of how you look or all the little things. You care more about significant things. So slowing down is not a weakness. Sometimes slowing down is opportunity for a strength because your brain is not as obsessed with as much nonsense as it used to be. The fifth and final challenge 
that I think this age group comes up with, and this maybe should have been the first. Again, the first one we said was the sandwich. The second one is trying to leave a legacy. The third is raising young kids, and the fourth is slowing down. The fifth, I think, and maybe the most difficult of them all, is this age is unbelievably financially challenged. It's majnum. It's crazy what this age group is dealing with. I think I say it every day. Do you, is it crazy how much it costs to live? It doesn't even make sense to me on every level. Probably every day in my house I ask the same question. How does everybody do it? How does everybody else do it? Because what happens in this age group? They're trying to earn an income for themselves. They also maybe are helping their kids and their daughters want to get married and so on. And they also might be helping their married kids. And they sometimes are even helping their parents. And they sometimes may have a house or multiple houses. And because they're under so much pressure, they have to go on some vacations. And then they're paying for tuitions and for camps and for kids and for parents. And you're like, how do you do this? This age group, almost everybody is fine, has a challenge financially within this time. The word sulam, the word, the ladder, is in numerical value, samach vav lamid mem, is 136. You know what else is 136? The answer is mamon, money, is also 136. Mem and mem is 40 and 40 is 80. Svab is 6, Nun is 50. 86 and 50 is 136. Because money is also like a ladder. But you know what else equals 136? <laughs> <laughs> Oni. Oni means wisdom. Actually, I said wisdom. Poverty. Oni is poverty. Ayin, Vav, Nun and Yud is altogether 136. Because the ladder is a ladder of challenging and sometimes overwhelming. Whether you have a lot of mammon, whether someone has a lot of money, they still feel like they're on that ladder and it could be easy, it could feel very difficult. And even if someone has oni and has a lot of poverty, they also could feel like they have, they're on that ladder with a tremendous amount of challenge. And that's what's going on with almost everybody. Because if they have, they don't have as much as they wish they did, they're challenged. Even if they have as much as they wish they did, they still feel financially challenged. And even if they have way more than they imagined they would, there's so much pressure to hold on to it at this age. When they're older, maybe it's not as big a deal. When they're younger, they're energetic. But this age is trying to hold on to whatever stature they have and whatever stage they reached. So almost every single person in this category feels like they're on this financial ladder where they feel a tremendous amount of challenge from either mamon or oni. I told you I was in Dr. Fariwa's office the other day. So I was talking to him and I, it's, I don't know how this conversation came up, but he said to me, Rabbi, I'll tell you the truth. Most wealthy people I know are poor. I said, what do you say? He says, I'm telling you, Rabbi, they're all on these different stuff and everyone's on antidepressants and anti-stress and all kinds of things like that. He says, most wealthy people I know are poor. And because this age group has a tremendous amount 
that they feel like they're like they're holding up a tremendous amount that they're trying to maintain. And you look around and you say, how's everybody doing? And how are they doing? Every person, I bet you in every single house, ask this question. And maybe some houses, even if they could do it, they're looking around and saying, I get it how I could do it, but how are they doing it? Did you see the price on the roast the other day? How are they doing that? No, really, like how, how is the neighbor person down the block, how are they paying that amount for the roast? How are they making their, their, their you know, a granddaughter's uh, party for her, you know, her birth or a bris? How are they doing the bris? How are they do, also doing other things? And how are they building a house? And how are they making a wedding? And how are they also renovating? And how are they helping that one kid who's married? How are they also taking care of their parents? How are they doing this? Everyone in this age feels like they're on the challenge of this financial life. So, here's our overall thought. There are in this age group, and I think a lot of the things we mentioned, everyone here relates to but this age group, that middle age in your 40s and 50s, feel all five of these challenges, almost everyone does. And what I feel like I've told people a lot in over the past few years, when you talk to someone and they're telling you some of this story is life is a lot. And no one ever warned us how much is in life. No one ever prepared us you know, a person gets married, they get, you know, people go to college to get a job. People get married, they take the lessons for the marriage. But no one ever prepared for this amount. No one ever prepared people for struggling with your legacy while you're still in the sandwich, while you're still providing for all different people, while you still have to do homework with a little kid, while all those things at the same time. No one really prepared us fully for this. But here's what I have to say. Every one of these things that I just mentioned means that you're blessed. Because if you are in the sandwich, it means you still have parents and you also have children. It means you have kids that are married and kids that are also single and other children to marry off. If you're struggling with a legacy, it's because you're in that age where you've accomplished enough to want to be able to do even more. If you have a little child that you're still trying to raise, it means that Hashem bless you with a lot of children. So many, they even worried about the youngest one. If you find yourself slowing down, it means that you already have a tremendous amount of life's experience and wisdom, and you already have a tremendous amount of knowledge, where while you're slowing down, you're now ready to impart some of that knowledge to other people. And if you're financially crunched, it's because you're financially doing and there for so many people. I can promise you this. If you're 45 years old and single, it doesn't cost that much. It's because you're there for so many others that it is a challenge. So yes, it's a lot. Yes, it's way more than we ever anticipated. But all of that, the roast, the outfit, the wedding, the brisk, all of that is biracha everywhere. So yes, sometimes a lot of biracha takes a lot. But I don't ever remember somebody saying, you just gave me suitcases of a billion dollars. How am I going to carry it? No one ever complained. I have so, much, so many suitcases, I'll figure it out. So you're living a life with suitcases of blessings, even though there's challenges in those blessings, 
figure out how to carry the suitcase because you have suitcases of biracha and suitcases of greatness that are happening in your life. And all you need to do is this last idea. When the Jewish people had the Mizbeach, it says that the fire came down from heaven. But it also says, the Gemara and Yuma writes, that the Kohen would have to light the fire. And the commentary says, why do I have to light the fire if it's coming down from heaven anyhow? The answer is, Hashem says, I need you to do yours. I need you to ignite, and I will make the fire bright. And any person who's in this middle age has already experienced this hundreds of times in their life. You've already seen miracles. You've already seen Hashem's hands. You've already seen Him help you take you from one step to the next on that ladder. You've seen hundreds of times that you've lit the candle and Hashem turned it into a torch and then turned it into a bonfire. So don't be nervous and don't be overwhelmed. Don't be scared and don't be exhausted and don't be tired. Realize that you're in a very blessed part of your life. You're in a very blessed moment and at a very blessed time. All Hashem needs you to do is ignite and Hashem will make your life bright. Thank you.